You're listening to a podcast from River City Church of Jacksonville, Florida. For more audio and video podcasts, visit rccjacks.com. Last week, David was talking about, I was going to finish this week on um, the fruit of the Spirit. What does it mean, the, the overwhelmed series? What does it mean to be overwhelmed uh, by the fruit of the Spirit so that we can overwhelm the world? And we've been talking about that, um, but we're short on time. Uh, as a result of the amazing testimonies, that's the way the word, obviously God wants the word to go out today to encourage us and to bless us. I want to tell a few more stories, though, and set up the end of, of what God's doing in this series, and then probably close the series another week. But um, last week, David had a great word. He talked about, and I really encourage you to listen to the talk about the kingdom of God that he had, where he talked about the kingdom of God doesn't come in these, these amazing, massive, uh, big movements these, you know, these kind of like big conference, in my mind, when I think of these big conference revival kind of vibes, let's get a bunch of Christians together, hype it up, emotionalize it, and let's just, let's see what God wants to do. Now, we're getting ready to do that in May. We're excited about it. <laughs> Fired up. It's going to be awesome. And I would say that Dave didn't mean that God doesn't move that way. He would say that that's one of the ways that God moves. That's one of the, that's one of the things that we do is we get together, we create special space we pull away from the world for a weekend and say, hey, we're going really, to really work into and nail down. Uh, and that's what we're going to do at our conference is obviously create, you know, added ex- you know, lots of time to spend time in the spirit, lots of time to spend time in worship. But that's one way. But we certainly aren't designed and created to go from conference to conference to conference to conference to conference. That's not how Jesus did it. Jesus did it life on life, didn't he? Relationally. I'm going to engage people day to day at the dinner table. I'm going to engage prostitutes, whatever, women in prostitution on the streets. I'm going to engage, you know, the drunkards at the bar, the men, the women who are drunk. I'm going to go to the place where they are and I'm going to love them with my father's heart, with my father's love. I'm going to demonstrate, I'm going to be the visible expression of the invisible God. This is what the kingdom of God looks like, is what David said last week. And again, if you haven't heard the talk, I would really encourage you to, to, to listen to it. Coupled with me guilting you last week, accidentally, you all went out into the world and did exactly that, didn't you? This, this week we, we talked about this is what it looks like to live for the kingdom, to be the kingdom, to bring the kingdom of God. And I want to read a story that someone posted on Facebook from our church this week that really touched me because I felt like it was a great example of what we're challenging and expecting and talking about in our church. You see, as we talk about being overwhelmed by the presence of God, we talk about being overwhelmed by the love of God, the love, joy, the peace, the fruit of the Spirit. We talk about God overwhelming us. If it only, if it stops with us and never goes out into the world, it is just a theory in your mind. It is a good thought. It is an idea. It is a theory. Until it is practiced and experienced, it will not bring transformation to your heart. Transformation is the only thing that changes our heart. Knowledge alone doesn't. Now, knowledge with transformation, this is my blog this week, knowledge and experience brings transformation. So it's both and, not either or. But often what we do is we hear information and we sit on it. Oh, I'm experiencing, or we have an experience with God. I'm experiencing the love of God. Hallelujah. I love it. This is amazing. This is great. But then we never take that love to the world. It was so powerful. I told Laura, I was like, man, I wish it wasn't Cole, but he's left so I can talk about him. But Cole's experience, I mean, isn't that what we're after? What what happened when when Cole was praying and he was weeping and he couldn't stop weeping? He was encountering the Father's love. 
And he was taking that love and then applying it in prayer to other people. His heart's desire was to bring God's, the Father's heart, his love for other people. That's a great picture of what God's calling us to. An amazing picture. Uh, uh, he's talking, I was like, just keep talking. Just keep, this is my sermon, just go, just keep going. It's exactly what we're aiming for. And so this is all a waste. It's a waste. You coming here on Sunday morning is a waste if it doesn't impact the world. If you don't take what you're learning here into the office place, like, you know, like James, exactly like this. I don't really feel spiritual. Put your foot up on the chair. Be healed. How's that? Really? Interesting. Didn't think that was going to happen. Way to go, James. Building confidence in us all. But if we're not doing that, this is a waste. This is a waste. This, meet, this kind of meeting that doesn't bring transformation in the world, it says it pains God's heart. It saddens him. It's like filthy rags. That's what the Father says. Who loves our worship? But worship, as it's experienced in our heart, has to bring transformation to the world. One of the testimonies, God was going to go around the nation of Israel because they were in the way of being salt and light to the world. Gosh, I don't want that to happen at River City Church. Talk about a fail on a cosmic level. Antley, great meetings on Sunday, but I had to go around your church. I had to go around River City because you weren't taking what I was filling you with on Sunday and pouring it out to the lost and to the darkness, to the people who needed it. This story should inspire you. It's by a normal guy in our church. And he says, I was supernaturally delivered out of the life of addiction in a heartbeat. My entire life was completely flipped upside down. I was filled with a love that came and was placed in my heart that, was, that had been reserved for cheap instant gratification. All these things have opened my mind to how God works through the miraculous still today. But what I experienced while driving to get sushi Saturday night terrified and amazed me to the point I could hardly form words for after an hour. I'll start by saying that I actively pray for God to use me in amazing ways to advance his kingdom. I get pumped when I read the Bible that Jesus commands, uh, and, and where Jesus commands us to heal the sick, to cast out demons, and to speak prophetic words. These are all things that I want to be a part of. I pray for God to use me in these ways for his glory. Point one, step one. We need to be praying for God to use us in the ways that we see Jesus being used. We have to be living and expecting God to show up and use us. But our hearts will wander naturally from even a desire for that to a path of least resistance, which does not mean engaging the world. It's like, hey, let's just come on Sundays, get filled up and get fat in the Lord and be happy, 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 right? That's what we would choose and so we have to be praying, Lord, I like what I read in the Bible when Jesus does that. And I want you to do that with me. Create, op- create in me a desire. Break my heart, like Cole said, for what breaks yours. So I will want to move in that direction. As I got closer, he's driving to get sushi. As I get closer, I could see that a small crowd had formed and that someone was laying on the ground right next to the road. I figured that there it must have been a car accident. Honestly, this is classic. River City right here. Honestly, I got a little excited. 
I thought maybe God is going to use me to heal somebody, somebody's broken leg or something. But as I approached, I got a sinking feeling in my stomach. The spirit begins to move. As I get close, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying. I start to engage and I feel something. That's how the Holy Spirit works. I feel something in my stomach and I realized I was completely wrong about what was going on. So instantaneously, step number one, I pray. Step number two, as I engage, what happens? I begin to sense the spirit. I'm tuned in. I'm ready, baby. I'm going where no man has ever gone or no woman has ever gone. My antenna's up. God's on the move. I normally wouldn't do this, so I better pay attention. I'm expecting God to move. I feel something. Same with Paul on the road to Damascus. We see this like amazing display of emotions that he feels, things that he hears, all his senses being used, right? He didn't open the Bible here and be like, where's the Bible reading about going down Park Street? Where is Park Street in the Bible? I don't see it. I know it's got to be here because I know I'm supposed to be doing what Jesus is doing. No, the Spirit speaks to us. The Spirit leads us. This whole series about being overwhelmed, moving in the power of the Spirit, walking in step with the Spirit, moving with God as God moves. This is what happens next. The person on the ground was a young girl. She couldn't have been any older than 13 years old. Her lips were completely blue like a corpse, and she was clawing at the ground, trying to pull herself into traffic on the street. The cars had stopped because, they kept try- because she kept trying to th- throw herself into traffic. There were some people holding her in the grass until the ambulance could get there. Everyone was under the assumption that she had gotten a hold of some bad acid or mushrooms, Hallucinogens are pretty common in my neighborhood. I was able to see that there was more happening than that. Again, God is speaking, leading, showing this is what's really going on right now. Prepare for battle. This was definitely different than any bad trip I'd ever seen or experienced. They, there may have been drugs involved, but there, but, but there was something else at work. This was demonic. Okay, that's the next line. My heart broke. We pray, we engage, spirit moves. Litmus test, is this God? How does your heart feel? Do you feel compassion? Are you moved to love? When I picture demonic possession in my mind, it's usually an adult in the third world or it's happening to some crazy homeless person in the ghetto. For some reason, I don't think these things, these things affecting people in my own neighborhood, I certainly didn't think of them affecting little kids a few streets from my house. I didn't want to be another body hovering over this poor girl but I felt so strongly, very strongly, that prayer was definitely needed. I crouched down about 15 or 20 feet away and quietly started to pray. I prayed out loud because demons can't hear silent prayer like God can. But I wasn't close enough that the girl could have heard my prayers. I started rebuking this thing in the name of Jesus over and over, commanding it to get out of the girl Every time I would speak the name of Jesus, the girl would scream, no, no, no. Blessed mother, no, no goddess, no. 
It was terrifying watching this little girl being tortured right there in front of my eyes. It was like a scene out of a horror movie, but it wasn't acting. It was real. It tore me up inside. I felt so much love for this little girl that I'd never met or I'd never seen. This unexplainable love is the strongest, and he quotes this, this unexplainable love I felt is the strongest weapon there is in spiritual warfare. The love, this love I experienced is just a glimpse of the love I feel for you. It is all about love. That was God speaking to him, saying that to him. This love that you're feeling is, 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 is a glimpse of the love that I feel for you, and it is the most powerful tool in the arsenal when it comes to deliverance. And I would extend it when it comes to physical healing, when it comes to spiritual healing, when it comes to emotional healing. What will drive the 20 people to meet with Mo for the next chapter of Undone? Love. And only love is what will keep it in, it will keep you in it for the long haul. What will keep you coming forward Sunday after Sunday, praying for people to receive healing when they haven't, week after week after week, or you haven't seen them move? Again, and you haven't seen God do what you wanted again and again and again. It will be your experience of God's love for you. It will be the knowledge of what scripture communicates about his love for the world and for the lost. It will be love. It's why God sandwiched love, chapter 13, 1 Corinthians, in between talking about the gifts in 12 and 14. Because it's a clanging symbol. It's noise to my ears. If you don't love, don't expect to see the things of the kingdom come on earth, and my will be done as it is in heaven. Don't expect it, because it won't happen. Why, Antley? Why won't it happen? I really want to see it happen. Because God wants you to be overwhelmed with his love more than he wants you to overwhelm the world with it. He is more hungry to express his love to you than he is for you to express his love to someone else. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, all of them, I know them all. I just stopped trying to look super spiritual. I've been reading them for six weeks. I should know them by now. Love, joy, peace, all of them. All of them exist for the world. But God says you don't share them with the world until you first experience them with me. You can't share what you don't have. And if you don't have it, don't try to share it. Because when you do, it looks fake. You start Jesus juking. I heard learned that this week. I love that. Jesus juking. Jesus juking is like, hey, what's going on? How you doing? And you got an agenda. Hey, how, hey, let's go grab a beer. Let's go hang out. You got an agenda. And you're talking to him, waiting. You're waiting. You're waiting. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Man, I just don't feel like I got any friends. I got a friend for you. His name is Jesus. Would you like to meet him? That's Jesus juking. Taking Jesus places you haven't been. Taking Jesus, offering him to people in ways that you don't genuinely feel compassion, love, empathy for. You know, again, I just go back to that testimony. I traded all for what Cole experienced that morning. I traded all to feel the heart of the Father. To know the heart of the Father. Because in that knowing and experiencing God's love, Cole and anybody else whose heart breaks for the things that breaks God's hearts, God releases power. 
Because power with love is healthy and it's dangerous for the sake of the kingdom of God. Power without love, usually self-focused, prideful, things result from it, and things become messy and ugly quick. And so as we continue to look at the things the Father has for us, my greatest desire is that we would move into the world, continue to have testimonies and stories, but not before we experience the love that the Father has for us, the peace, the joy, all the fruit of the Spirit, so that we can take the world what we have, not what we pretend to have. Let's stand. I promise I'm going I'm to finish in a few weeks with goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and kindness. These are the four last ones, and self-control. They're all good. But what we had time for today was the testimony of love. And again, what's our bread and butter at River State Church? Hey, let's come and experience the Father's love together. Let's experience more of the Father's healing this morning. Let's see what God has for us. And so if you would like to experience more of the Father's love, we'd love for you to come down forward and receive prayer. If you'd like prayer for healing, after healing, hearing some of these stories about healing, we would love for you to come and receive healing this morning for whatever is happening in your life. And so why don't we do that now?